Listen up, Sydney. There's a new kid in town. Mick Malloy has come to play with the big boys. And there's no bigger boy than the king of the West, the Wild Panther, MG. So buckle up. This is going to be one hell of a ride. Mick and MG in the morning. (laughs) What could go wrong? Great news. Pete's Hunt is now the proud owner of the Guinness Book of World Records title for the world's largest pizza. After making one on Jan 8 that spanned nearly 13,000 square metres in Los Angeles. Let's go to the news report. You're looking at what will be the world's largest pizza. To do this, it's going to take hundreds of people, 10,000 pounds of dough, 5,000 pounds of sauce, and 9,000 pounds of cheese. Did we get the record? Well, you are a brand new Guinness World Records. <laughs> wow. That's some munchies. <laughs> the world's largest pizza. Uh, 30,000 pounds of dough, 5,000 pounds of marinara sauce, and it was delivered directly to Matt Preston's house. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? It, it was created after someone pulled the world's biggest bong. Because <laughs> we all know they go together. Imagine the look on the Uber driver's face. Okay, what do you got? Uh, hey, Pizza Hut, what do you need me to deliver? This. Jesus! <laughs> I'm in a semi-trailer, or a few. Have you seen the picture of it? Look it's at that. Amazing. It looks that like it's amazing. It's covering a footy field, doesn't it? It looks like an entire football field. Um, you'd need a quick ease the size of a pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah. I reckon after you've... <laughs> frisbee. After you've done that, that is unbelievable. What a story. Also, and this is affecting my lifestyle, I can't afford to pay for that pizza. I also can't afford $12 schooners. Um, This is a story that's doing the rounds. This is the new cost of living squeeze. Um, Basically, if you shop around town, you can't find a schooner for under under 12 bucks or thereabouts at the moment. And, of course, couple that with a very stable price of cigarettes at about $95 $95 a packet. <laughs> Is it worth it? 70 uh, And cost of living uh, goes $10, $10 Devon. What is the world coming to? What what do we have to give up? I mean, is that affecting your lifestyle, MG? Well, I, I, with the price of beer going that high, I, I must confess I am thinking about now trying to smuggle my own long necks into the, the pub with it in my trench coat just so I can just pour it into a schooner glass. It's... Twelve bucks a beer. I never thought I'd see the day. I remember when I started drinking at my local at the Pioneer yeah. Tavern back in the late eighties. A schooner would set you back a dollar twenty. I know, I know. And uh, cigarette. I remember saying I was going to give up smoking cigarettes when they got to five dollars a packet. I went, I can't sustain this. <laughs> I can't sustain this. But a beer, yeah, a a packet of cigarettes uh, and uh, and a beer now is. Well, you, you need like a, a first schooner buyer program, like a first home buyer <laughs> thing, don't you? Um, uh, you know what? I'm just going to have to spend more time on the animated greyhounds down at the pub. Trying to, <laughs> oh, what about them? Trying to win uh, enough money uh, to get it going. Uh, go down your local bolo. There you go. That's probably got the cheapest price on earth. $12 schooners. Uh, pizza's the size of football ovals. I'm out of business. I really am. <laughs> so, Cat MG, I know you both have tattoos, correct? Yes, yes. 
Show of inked arms, please. Yes, there we go. Well, I want to run this story by you and see if it uh, concerns you or whether you shiver or whether you sympathise, uh, but where you stand. And we're talking about tattoo regret. Oh. A woman has discovered a tattoo that she's got is a symbol of an underground community. Uh, so several women are seriously regretting their tattoos of an upside-down pineapple after choosing the design without knowing its meaning. A quick Google search would inform eager ink seekers that the turned-over fruit is commonly used as a symbol for swingers oh, no. looking for a good time. No, that's going to ruin your day when you're just constantly approached by a queue of seedy men ex expecting to get a game going. I mean, I've got a tattoo. I've got a tattoo of a of a of a pineapple, but it's on a piece of pizza. <laughs> I don't the have a tattoo. Thing, the last I thing you expected when you're eating a. A bowl of sushi is someone to drop their keys in your bowl and say, I'm I, don't understand, I don't understand the, the significance of a pineapple and swingers. What are they doing with a pineapple? On the couch. <laughs> it's, not, it's not making me want to run up and join that particular club. <laughs> let, let me tell you, MG, you're covered in them. Uh, what was your first tattoo? The first one was a, we went on a kangaroo tour in 1990 with the Australian team and we'll call yep. it Ruse. So we all, 12 of us went out one night after a few drinks and got Ruse 90 tattooed on our bums. And <laughs> the next morning, about five or six of the players who got them tried to rub them off with detergent and say, no, nah, can't, this is one <laughs> You can't rub a tattoo <laughs> off with detergent, you idiots. But I would have thought that's a good tattoo, right? I think they're, 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 they're the ones that are values, a sporting victory, a premiership, a flag of some description. Yep. Here's you go. Well, that's for the memory book. You know, Olympians get it when the, the Olympic the, rings yeah, or something. Rings. I would have thought that's um, par for the course. So you wouldn't regret that. Have you got one you do regret? <laughs> well, there's one on my bum oh. that... Of, of Gus Wallen. That's oh. probably that kid. Yeah, my missus doesn't be, like that one. Jeez, your bum I must take hours of reading at the end of a day. Your bum's like the Rosetta Stone. <laughs> the Magna Carta. <laughs> the Magna Carta. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You need a bookmark. Right, right down... Down your ass crack. I'm going to put a bookmark in there. I'll read the second buttock tomorrow. <laughs> well, it's yeah, lights look. out now. Um... Uh, I don't. I don't have a tattoo, but if I do get one, it's going to be of a massive bucket of Kentucky on my chest. Because I don't know. I just reckon that'll be a real chick magnet. Oh, <laughs> Shut up and, and take my money. <laughs> um, uh, that or my home address. So if I ever get totally yes. trolled and someone finds me, they can send me up. I uh, I did once have a uh, a nipple ring. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, just a, just the one, and I used to keep my spare house key on it. Oh. So so when I came over and I was really pissed, I could always find it. Sometimes I wouldn't even take it off. I'd just push my chest up. <laughs> Our producer here, uh, Danny, of course, for, who we got from the Gold Coast, the home of the tattoo, home of the bikey. Uh, Danny, what's your tattoo, and do you regret it? I've got a few tattoos, but the one, Here we go. it was a roller coaster. I was 18 years and 20 minutes old when I was just ass crack <laughs> out to the wind getting a tat because I come from a strict house. Then my yes. father saw it, lost it. Lost so then mind. I went, had three rounds of getting it removed. Then a few years later, I decided I was an independent woman and got it put yeah. back on bigger oh. and brighter than oh, Hang on. This is madness. The tattoo's on, it's off, it's back on. Yeah, yeah. Here, I'll try it. Oh, I 
Uh, give us a look. There we go. We're moving oh, the camera yeah. now. At- Hello. Oh, oh yeah. Whoa. The bush beast. It's a bit early in the morning Ooh. for that. Crikey. I want, to know how, I want to know how your father found out you had that there. That's the one that's amusing to me. Well, now, all right, back in the early noughties, we wore lower pants, all right? I was reaching up high. Can I ask, and can I ask while I've got you, because this is always Please. for me, why, what the tramp stamp, why is that a, a favourite location for girls to locate a tattoo? Now, to me, the tramp stamp is a centrally located one, whereas I have a lovely <laughs> Derriere, and mine is on the side I get along the top. So no, no, it is I, not a I, tramp stamp. No, no, I did. No, I, that's what I meant. I <laughs> no. didn't mean to conflate the two. I actually was talking generally. Where yeah. what is that? Why is that a a yeah. privileged position. Why is that Isn't prime it real estate? Hell? Is it because a, you can hide it? So that you can, you can hide it. Yeah, you can wear clothes. Yeah, to until hide you're it, bending down it. in the <laughs> produce yeah, section, <laughs> that's <laughs> when it we reveals want you to see itself it. in, in all its glory. Holding oh. a pineapple and bending over—that's when we want you to see it. <laughs> it's on. See, I've got uh, a lot of Asian. I've got a lot of Asian writing on my body, and I remember about yeah. ten years ago, I just got in the tattoo, and we went up to. Uh, the Gold Coast of all places, and we'll, I was waiting in line with a couple of my kids who were younger to get on the the Wet and Wild World, about to get on a big ride. And the, there's these two Asian ladies next to me, and I noticed them start to look at my arm and start to read it. And then one of them started laughing. I went, "What's what are you laughing at?" And she said, "You like Dim Sims." To fill us in as to what the hell is going on in his tired. Uh, there, see, there you go before you say my Glenn name. That's not Robbins. appropriate. Nice to be here, Glenn Robbins, if you didn't realise that. True or false? I heard this the other day. Yes. I know you love golf. We've been, we're just talking yeah. about a golf trip we took yeah. together. Yeah. We took many uh, uh, over the journey. Did you or did you not recently play a round of golf with AFL legend Jonathan Brown? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know whether you guys know who Jonathan Brown is. To me, he's like a Melbourne MG. I think they're okay. both of similar. Yeah. How, how, tall, how tall are you, MG? Uh, six five, you are not. Yeah, seriously, I'd like to give you a hug right now. I love, to, I love hugging <laughs> big right. guys. All right, you okay, too. seriously, I'll give so, you a moment. So, so um, uh, we're playing golf, and I'm playing really well. Uh, I've, okay, one over the cut on the front, whatever. Uh, and uh, and uh, they're like six down uh, on on the turn. Um, and I say to Jonathan, as a bit of a joke, if this was a football match. And we're opponents. You would probably let me know that you're not happy. Yeah. Why don't you give me, as you walk past me, a little like a little love tap, but you know, love tap, a little bump, a little yeah. something yeah. that the umpire would not see. Now I emphasize that, right? <laughs> right. Now, so I walk Let's ahead of him. I, I walk ahead of him up to the next tee. It was like being hit by a refrigerator. Seriously. <laughs> I got whiplash. I, I nearly went down. I had to take some Nurofen. I, I did get him to give me a massage at the, at, at, after the game. It was serious. You, you, I can't believe. I have such respect when you guys get hit hard by another big bloke, big yeah. beefy bloke. Who was the hardest bloke that ever hit you, MG? Oh, Glennie, you know what? I, I have a, over a fifteen-year period I, when I'm playing against guys who are 110 kilos. I think there's oh. a guy called Les Davidson who was the biggest hitter that I ever come across, and he was—he he was the only bloke that I saw in the defensive line, and I never ran at him. I ran the other way because I didn't want to. So, were you—you ge- you were genuinely scared of him? I was petrified of him. 
and uh, and so so and do you talk off field? Because I always I always wonder about football. I always see them going at each other, and then I see them shake hands at the end and go, "What's going on here? How can they nearly kill each other?" And park it. And yeah, how do they do that? Did you were you like that? Yeah, I, I, I definitely was. I think that what was on the field stays on the field. And once you come off the field, as soon as you cross that white line and go to your dressing room, no matter whether you've won, lost or drawn, you should go back to the respective club's um, clubhouse or league's club and have a beer together. I think that's that's part of the game. It's like me and radio. What happens on air stays on air. But as soon as the show's over, <laughs> we, we kiss and make So up. anyway, I had a thought. What, what, what yeah. we could chat about on the radio, what have you done with a professional? In other okay. words, what have you done with someone who's really good at what they do, and then you realise you go, oh, I thought I was you know, up to this, <laughs> uh, and you realise that you're not. When you realise how good these people are, I got in the ring with an ex-professional boxer. Oh, well, man. that's a stupid thing to do. But he was, he was, like, he was like nearly 70. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. And I'm going, why did you turn up? And he, and he goes, come, let's get in the ring. And I threw a punch. I smacked him right in the head, right? Right. And then he goes, sorry. Right. And I smacked him again, like three times. He goes, it's all right. Then I gave him a couple and something. Oh, I'm, I'm going to kill this guy. So, so, so then he goes, and he gets him in the corner and he beats the crap booga, out of booga, him. Booga, 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 I'm going, stop. Ow, 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 stop, stop. Tap out. <laughs> you knew, you should have known his age when you found out the ringside doctor was take, checking his prostate. <laughs> <laughs> between rounds. Um, what about you, MG? You've done something with a professional? You mentioned uh, I remember, before. Yeah, I remember I went to Bathurst uh, when I was playing and they said, look, do you want to um, do this advanced driving course? Yeah. I said, yeah. I said, who's it with? Yeah. They said, Alan Moffat. I went, oh, wow, okay. So at first I, I was in a car doing these manoeuvres around Mount Panorama and uh, I was doing about 140 Ks thinking I was, you know, shit hot. And then all of a sudden Alan Moffat said, come for a, a, a lap with me. Oh man, doing doing 350 k's down Conrod Strait and yeah. going into the S bends and you know the chicanes they call them and now nah, I I realised quickly then that this guy is the bee's knees and me doing 110 along the M4 was was nothing yeah. this this was this guy is good. This it's an, is it's good. another league, isn't it? And when I do one of those fast laps, I like to get back to the cockpit and go. That's pretty good, but not how I would have done it. But anyway, good work, Sonny. <laughs> but I was I did I did a training thing the other day with I won't mention oh, I'll mention it with Audi, and we got to drive the Audis. And when you drive, because those cars actually do everything for you, yeah. they they are just incredible. Mick, I know you know drive since sure. the incident. Yeah, right. um, uh, we won't talk about that. <laughs> oh, maybe that's another one. Why, why does Mick yeah, not drive? Um, uh, and uh, <laughs> no, but he, I got him with a fresh. He drove with one finger. Seriously, one finger. <laughs> On the steering wheel, don't get me wrong. But it, yeah. <laughs> I'm going, I thought I was good. You guys can do it with one finger. Anyway. I saw Dave, I did a lap with Dave Reynolds once, and I'm, it was fast and it was professional, but I wanted to see him change the radio station at the same time or, 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 or pick, take the pickles off his cheeseburger while, while he was doing it. Yeah, drive hey, with his knee. <laughs> yeah. And I know you're a very good personal friend of Shane Warne. Yeah, good and man. I remember yeah. we were talking, we, we do a lot of golf trips together, but mm. we were both together when we heard the news. Yeah. How about mm. Shane Warne? We were, we were on a golf trip at King Island, mm. and I my memory is of my phone pinging at about six in the morning and mm. going bonkers. And I mm. go, straight away I go, that can't be good news. Yeah. Uh, you knew something was wrong. I got up. I Before I did it, I just checked the news feed, and there it was. Yeah. Wow. Straight off the bat, then oh, there's a knock on my door, and yeah. you came in, yeah, and just... you sat down, and you looked absolutely hmm. 
shell shocked. Mm. We couldn't believe it. In fact, we was out. I remember we were out playing golf that day, and at every third or fourth hole, you'd stop and go, "Oh my God, that's right." The Shane, reality Shane, came back. Shane Warren yeah. passed. It was it was quite a significant moment, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, being in a in a, in a in a different place. But having said that, I was with friends of of mix, which yeah. was probably the best place to be. And we and I played a lot of golf with Shane. And to be on a golfing trip, Shane would have been would have given given his blessing for us to go out and play golf and and think of him and and uh, yeah. But it was tough. But what were we going to say? I was going to say you used. We were talking about professional yeah. playing playing with professionals. But when Shane oh, went through yeah. that extended yeah. period where he wasn't allowed to play, yeah, yeah. Uh, I put my hand up. You put your hand up. <laughs> <laughs> the luckiest MG. How's this? The luckiest man in Australia. Shane Warren rings up and goes, "Hey, mate, I'm not allowed to go to a cricket ground or a cricket club. How do you feel about coming down and letting me bowl to you?" In yeah, the and I net? said, "Yeah." And how? I mean, that's every. I, I said, "Mate, I'm busy." <laughs> tell, yeah. us, tell us about that experience. Uh, it was it, it was in the nets. Uh, it was with myself and Russell Gilbert, and uh, we oh, turned wow. up. And we put the and it was just and he, it was just the three of us. Yeah. And he, um, it was funny because when he he comes in so simply, and when the ball gets about a meter away from you in the air, you can hear. <laughs> You can hear it ripping through the air. And then I started laughing because I knew it could do one of ten things, up, down, <laughs> left, right, all over. And you're just going, oh, this is like a magic trick. And I, I, and I had the sweetest feeling because I leant forward, I closed my eyes, and I swung the bat, and I hit it, and I heard Shane Warne go, Shot, Glenny. So, you know, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, you know. And I went on to win the Ashes for Australia and uh, the rest is history. But there you go. But, yeah, good man. It yeah. is fantastic. Now, you've taken umbrage of the story that I – because he – I told a story recently. Yeah, about yeah you're, you're, dining, going, you're dining out on my stories. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. yeah. Shane Wall came up and I told everyone you're a personal friend and about the time you got invited around to dinner. Yes. And you thought it was going to be, uh, you know, Liz yeah. Hurley and it like a dinner party. It was Liz Hurley. It was, she was there. Yeah. She was but there. you thought it was going to be this like five course degustation mm. and you're all going to sit around. <sighs> and what was it? He, 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 he microwaved some baked beans. No, he didn't microwave baked sat beans. At the kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is embarrassing. This never happened. I don't know what, what, what's going on here. What happened was, you're mixing up your stories. What happened was, he had Liz around there and he invited me around for Chinese food, yes. which is a fun night. So yeah. I go to my wine locker yes. and go, do I take the expensive bottle of wine <laughs> or do I take the El Cheapo one? Yes. Because I'm thinking the $150 bottle of wine with Chinese food is yeah, no. a bit stupid. No, so I'll take the, the cheaper one. I get around to his house. I swear this is true. I get around to his house, and there must have been 50 paparazzi there. Out the front. Oh, out the front. Yeah. I get out, and I go, oh, no, the world's <laughs> going to see I'm carrying a cheap bottle of wine. <laughs> so I put the – what was it? What sort of wine was it? I can't remember. You know, I put the bottle of wine. I tuck it under my arm. <laughs> I put my head down like a rugby player, and I, I run into the pack. <laughs> Glennie, 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 what's going on? Where are you going? Where are you going? Oh, what's the wine? What's the wine? I go, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Anyway, the next day, the papers are in it, and I'm getting radio stations from around the country ringing, what sort of wine was it, Glenn? What sort of wine was it? So if you're going to be a cheapskate, don't, do it. don't be a cheapskate when Shane Warne or anyone like that is around. I remember that rugby scrum, and I'll tell you my favourite memory of that, and it was uh, on the eve of Liz Hurley arriving, had all the yeah, world's yeah. press were camped out the oh. front, and Warney was ensconced in his Brighton mansion, and there's got big gates. 
So all the press is out the front, and I swear this is true, the day before she arrived, he had delivered to his front door a new double mattress. <laughs> so the mattress had to come in, all, oh. every, all the photographers were taking oh. photos, oh. and I just went to myself, Wardy. I mean, I knew he was a fan of the drop-in pitch. <laughs> but that... <laughs> Well, I know I know he dropped it in and he came in from the northern end. Anyway. <laughs> so I think Tony Gregg did a picture report. Glenn, thank you for coming in. I love no, you. I don't like know. Why, why am I here? What, what am I meant to do? Am I to do a sport report or we, something? We, we, we want you to be you. a part of this program. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For some reason, a cultural icon. Okay. I'll get to the good bits soon. A national treasure. Yeah. Uh, uh, we love yeah, you. Strain of the year. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Some Thanks, guys. Somehow related with Dave O'Neill, yeah, one of my please. favourite podcasts. Uh, give it a run. Have you if you've got a latest episode? Is there something? I like... can't. I, I do them. I forget. You know. I'm. You know. It's all. I have so many things going on, Mick. You know. <laughs> I have seriously latest one. Too much time on the golf course for you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, Clint. Thanks, guys. See you. Bye, bye. One of the biggest shows of the year is doing the rounds right now, and we're talking about maths, uh, rightly yeah. or wrongly. Uh, this thing is a behemoth uh, that has captured the imagination of uh, most Australians, or a lot of Australians, says a lot about us as a people and where we're going. Uh, but the whole genre of reality TV, and we're, we're actually going to take your calls on maths uh, very shortly because uh, I couldn't be bothered watching it, uh, but I want to hear all about it. And uh, Owen, I believe, here on the program, is a devotee. So he loves it. He can lay it out for us um, and we can ex- put it up on blocks and examine what the hell's going on over there. Is this season as good as the others? You get to call in. It'll be fun. But... MG, something has come across my desk. And if you think uh, we're drowning in a sea of reality TV, uh, wait till you get a load of what's going on in the US. There's a new show over there, which is horrifying, even the US audience, and it's called Milf Manor. Uh, Now, if you need me to put any more meat in the bone, I don't think I need to. It sounds like a house full of milfs. But there is a twist. Can we go to... The promo, and then we'll come back, MG, and you can fill us in. Love you. Life has given me some curveballs. I think it's my time to find love. I want to date younger men. I'm as sexual as I was in my teens. Ladies, where's all the men at? I'm ready to connect with somebody who doesn't really care how old I am. This is a perfect place to find love. They I'm more of a calling f- it. I'm more of a fan of I'm more of a fan of Dilf Mansion, which is where men just hitting on their babysitters. So it's Mil it's Milfs uh, sitting around hitting on kids. What could go wrong? Is there anything else I need to to know about? Well, they're calling MG. it the most. They're calling it the most disgusting show ever made. Um, well, it sounds quite feasible to me. Well, I don't. Th- I don't see anything wrong with it. I, I know when I was in my you know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, my my friends' mothers were, were most attractive. <laughs> no, but this is a little bit different. This is this is a fascinating insight into the. This is eight uh, eight fifty odd year, uh, ladies um, going to right. this island, and they're trying to find young love. Um, the reveal is, but when they pull back the curtain, it's each of these women's son is one of the contestants. So what happens is, the milf what? and her son have a room together. And then one of them, in one episode, the milf, one of the milfs, trying to get onto one of the boys, and then says, "Come back to the room." And the, the, she shares a room with a son. It's, it's kind of one of them car hey. crash shows where you just can't get. It's kind of my guilty pleasure at the moment. All right, okay. It sounds a, uh, 
<laughs> Even by reality standards, it's a bit tawdry. I'll tell you the there. worst. I'll tell you the worst one I ever heard of. And there was one in England. It lasted one show, and it got howled off. Uh, basically, a girl came out, and they lined up eight men, and she had to work out over the course of the show who her <sighs> biological father was. I saw that, and. So there'd be one guy there who looks like he sleeps at a bus stop and she's praying it's not him. And he's standing next to a guy who's got a briefcase and a suit and drives a Mercedes. He's home at him and then one by one they revealed not to be her father. And that even, even reality viewers went, no, not no. on. That is terrible behaviour. We've all yeah, that was, got that was, one. That was that called Who's Your Daddy? That was called Who's Your Daddy? Who's Your Daddy? Okay, the other one, uh, which was... Probably wouldn't get a run today. It was something about Miriam? Oh, remember oh, something oh, about that. Miriam? And the thing about Miriam was uh, she turned out to be a man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a pretty big <laughs> crying game style reveal for one lucky winner um, who's otherwise uh, unaware. So that uh, was one which pushed the boundaries as well. We were talking about this off air. Do you do you recall the very first ever uh, reality show? What do you think it is? Oh, it's it's. We went back to um, Big Brother, but there was one before that in the late eighties well, or early nineties. Well, wasn't you there? guys are responsible for it. I'm going to go with Sylvania Waters. And yep, I think that's Sylvania the one. Waters is the first time on TV you can probably go. Where I remember watching it, going, "Who the hell will ever watch this? I oh, know it's just a bunch of dicks fighting." <laughs> Have you got a grab there? Of course, can- I do. For God's sake, he can have a bloody birthday party. Of course he can, but he's just saying it. They're all going to bring friends and there's going to be bloody a million people here. We haven't got the room. Of course we haven't got the room. He's not stupid. Well, you heard what he just said, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> that has aged very well, by the way. I'd watch that again uh, tomorrow. We're going to keep talking about reality TV. three. Have we missed anything? Have you got a favourite? Uh, and we'll give you a bit of a, a jog through history. It's Mick and MG in the morning and we're joined by Tom Gleeson who is the host of Taskmaster Australia, premiering this Thursday, uh, 2nd of Feb. What time slot? 7.30. Oh, the Killing Fields. Yes. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> killing Fields. Oh, He'll be dragged out in a box. Oh, no, mate. So We're bad. up against Married at First Sight. But luckily, <laughs> oh, no, but luckily, <laughs> luckily, <laughs> I, haven't seen the, I haven't seen the figures yet, but I, I believe it's a dying franchise. <laughs> it's been out there for 10 years. It's stale. Right. It's time for people to move on. Leave that behind. And you watch just, Taskmaster. We're give it a go. The block. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, listen. Just give us an insight into the first ep. Is there? You've mentioned who's who's on it, but uh, any particular task? Well, there's there? a task. I believe it's in the first episode where people have to make orange juice out of a pile of oranges without using their hands. Oh. And one of the contestants doesn't notice that detail. So they think they're doing very well. They think they're doing so well. My relationship with the Orange started uh, when I used to sneak alcohol into the yes. MCG. Uh, I'd, I'd inject vodka into an orange yes, and you take about a dozen in. Yeah, right. And uh, next thing you know. Wow. I used to do I'm the same bummer. thing, but I didn't just inject it into my neck. With no oranges. Yes. Anyway, it was a bad I, look. Kids, don't do that at home. Uh, speaking of kids, can I yes. uh, say, everyone went back to school yesterday yeah. in most places around the nation and especially here in Sydney. Uh, my boys, 10-year-old twin boys, yeah. uh, went back to school. Uh, Fred and Lenny. Fred's the oldest. Yeah. He's the heir. 
and Lenny, <laughs> I call it Fred the heir and Lenny the spare. All right. Yeah, yeah. spare. In case if something goes wrong with Fred, I've got, <laughs> I've got Lenny. Um, Ten-year-old twin boys went back to school. And do you, is this your recollection of going, I cannot wait to get back to school? Because yeah. in my day... That wasn't a thing. No. In, in my day, I, I, and MG, you can speak to this too, but I used to hate going to school. These days, like friggin' Club Med. Oh, mate. They, they I get... was not excited. <laughs> I, I went to boarding school in Sydney, oh. and I used to not look forward to it. My my mum used to like, at the very end of the beach holiday, used to love shopping for school shoes. The yeah. most depressing day of the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> you could be at the beach. You could be at the at, beach. No. You're at... Some, you're at Bloody some shoe shop. Looking for barter scouts. Looking for some Clarks. <laughs> Looking for some Clark. <laughs> with, a, with, a compass, with a compass in it. <laughs> but, but yeah, my, with a compass. But me. And my, I'm slightly excited about the compass. My, just my, to take my mind off the fact that school is coming back. My school experience was, I don't know, will I get the strap or the belt today? Yeah. There was like none of this. There's school excursions, right? So yeah. we used to go, I, 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 13353, you can give us a call on this, but... These kids these days are going off. Oh, where are you going? Oh, the Maldives. My boys come back today. Are going? Oh, we're going to Canberra. Why? Oh, there's a zoo there. I go. There's a freaking zoo here. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, my day. This is this was my school excursion. Mm. We got taken uh, to a hot coil mill <laughs> on an industrial estate that was actually working. Yeah. And I, we came out burnt and with soot on our face. And they had to do a they had to do a head count. Yeah. Is everyone here? Did everyone survive? I mean, what? Compare that to what's well, going on. No, they're too posh these days. I, I, I went to, at my primary school, I went to a primary school out near Gunnedah, yeah. as MG pointed out, and um, we went on a school excursion to my farm. How boring is that? Everyone's like, oh, this is a cow. I'm like, I know. No, it's, it's mine. mine. Here's a we, sheep. So we, what? We, Here's, we, I could fire a gun. Oh, we're not doing that today. Oh, well, that would be no, What are we going to do? Put mom, something down? Let's put one of the kindergarten it. kids on a motorbike. <laughs> I no, tell you, mate, <laughs> thank you for blowing this up. Uh, we really appreciate it. One, two, oh. three, five, three. We want to hear about your excursion. We're going to say a goodbye to the busiest man in show business. I love your work, mate. I love watching yeah, your work. Uh, good luck with Taskmaster Australia. Uh, premiering this Thursday. What could go wrong? Oh, I'm sure it's going to be great. It's going to be it's great. It's on Channel 10. Yeah. Everyone watches Channel 10. Pencil yourself in for a Logie <laughs> right now. Uh, thanks, you, Tom Gleeson. Thank you. Yeah, one triple three five three school excursions. Where did you go? I know there were some shockers out there, and funny enough, I do have a family pass to Taronga Zoo for our favourite <laughs> oh, I went there. I went there. <laughs> Uh, where are you off to? Oh, we're off to the Maldives for a school excursion or <laughs> off to a zoo in Canberra. Not so in our day. Uh, I went to a hot coil mill. Where'd you go, MG? Oh, we had a, we had a kind of a rotating roster. We went to Bathurst to, the, to pan for gold, which was never any, any gold. We went to old Sydney town always and yeah. always went to Featherdale Farm, which was about 10 k's from my house. So. <laughs> that seems uh, a nice round trip. Adrian's on the line. Adrian, back in the day, where did you go on your school excursion? Yeah, morning legends. Um, actually, I think you'd appreciate this one. I um, we went to Cult United Breweries. Um, <laughs> hey, God, how old were you? How old were you? Uh, grade four, so uh, <laughs> like, still single, still single figures. Um, it was yeah. to do with uh, business in quotes. Um, yeah. And the teacher snuck away and came back smelling like beer. Back then, I didn't know what it was, but uh, yeah. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. I hope he wasn't driving the school bus on the way home. That's all no, I can no, say. No, definitely not. Great four kids going to a brewery. That's what we're looking for. Give us a call, one triple three five three. Cat, where did you go? Uh, what was your we school? We went school? somewhere near the northern beaches. We got on a bus and went to a swamp land and took samples and what? came back. Oh, <laughs> what? Wow. Don't Don't like, no, it was science. Uh, William's on the line. William, uh, where did you go on your school excursion? Uh, milk processing plant. A milk processing plant. That's, you know, pinch yourself. That's a great day out. How'd you go? Well, I'm lactose intolerant. So I'm not <laughs> <laughs> well done, William. Thanks for the call. Peter's on the line. Peter, where'd you go on your school excursion? Mick, <laughs> uh, great to have you up in Sydney. Uh, mate, we went to Club Dead. They took us to an abattoir. Uh, <laughs> oh. How old were you? Uh, I think we were about, about 10 or 11. It was the early oh. 70s. And they decided to take us through the killing room. Oh, oh, there you go. That's great fun. Wow. Come home covered in blood. How was school yeah. today? Yeah, I saw a cow being killed. Oh, I saw a cow being killed, and I'm now a vegetarian. Well done, Peter. Tim's on the line. Where'd you go, Tim? Um, back in Year 7, we went to a sewage processing plant. A sewage <laughs> a sewage treatment plant in Year 7. What a ritzy school. They took you past all the sewage ponds and that, and at the very end they had, like, where they'd squash the poo down in the water and they'll get the kids to drink it. Oh, oh, that's not oh right. no, 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 I know that. No, they're, they're demonstrating how, how the recycling process works. Yep. Yep. A load of fun for a bunch of kids. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> uh, Wayne, where did you? Where did they take you for school uh, excursion? Oh, they took us to the uh, GMH Holden factory out of Pagewood. Oh, that's oh. a win. <laughs> that's a win. Was that great? They didn't put you on the production line, did they? No, they took us through, but, yeah, I don't know what it was all about, but the only thing I remember is they opened up the furnace where they baked the paint on there and it uh, yeah. nearly knocked us over and nearly but, fizzled us all. That's, <laughs> but, that's, but that's where I was. At the, at the, hot, at the hot coil mill, they're actually tipping over big vats of molten stuff. It's been minutes from us. There's ash in the air. It's hot. I can physically feel the heat. Hard hat would be good, anyone? Why, why are all you guys wearing hard hats and the kids aren't? That was, that was my complaint. Thanks, Wayne. Chris, uh, where'd you go on your school excursion? Well, I was in uh, Canberra in uh, year 10 in the 1980s, and we came up to Sydney to visit the CSR sugar refinery in Piermont, which would have been good. Uh, yep. But they had a stay at the dodgiest hotel in the heart of King's Cross. Oh, so no. we, had a bit of, we had a bit of free time. And there were literally 20, 20 14, and 15 year olds just roaming the streets. Um, All right, kids, but, be back up. Be back before dark. Yeah. Oh, sticklers for the rules in those days. Sonia's on the line. Sonia, where'd you go for your school excursion? Mackers. Mackers? Mackers. Okay. Tell me that. I was in year four. And they sent you to Macca's. That oh. is it. I'm sure they put yep. you to work. Time for one more. Michael, uh, where'd you go on your school excursion? Uh, we came, I went to Cowra High School and yep. we were taken all the way to Brookwood Cemetery. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think we have a winner. Yep. Michael, you're off to the zoo, Michael. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> He's hey, got that look on it. Look, look at him. He's got that look about him, hasn't he? He's got uh, big, big, big And listen, this is a serious story, so I want you to be adult. Right? No, okay, snigger, no sniggering. 
What time is it? Is kids in the car? No. Yeah. Right. No, not yet. Uh, not yet. It's, it's with a heavy heart I announced that the world's first vagina museum is closing. <laughs> it, it's clo- yeah, it's closing. I mean, it, it was previously shut once a week every month anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, no. That's a bit stiff. What sorry, do you mean? Bit, sorry, bit, no, that's, that's the way. That's, that's the way it works. Yeah. So, look, let's be adult about this. It's a vagina yeah. museum, and they obviously showcase vaginas throughout the ages. Of course, you, you, you need a machete to get through the 1980 section. <laughs> Don't even talk about 1970s. 1970s, good Lord. That could take your eye out. You know when you look at paintings and the the eyes sometimes follow you around the room. <laughs> yeah, no, just so. be very careful what you look at. How's that? It's it's, it's incredible. Why is it closing? I'm surprised. I would have thought it'd been quite popular, especially with teenage boys. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a great school excursion. <laughs> okay, where are we going? <laughs> uh, we're going to the vagina museum. Okay, meet <laughs> <laughs> you there. That's of course a lot of men don't know what to do with that museum. And you know what? There's also a giant dick museum uh, that's in Canberra. It's called Parliament House. That's called, it's called question. It's called question time. <laughs> All right, I think we're done. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Let's wrap. You know it what up. I did? Hey, you know what I did? Oh, no. so, oh, you know, listen. This is a true story. You know, Mona. Yeah, the great <laughs> exhibition in Tassie. It's got uh, they've moulded vaginas and they put them on the wall, and that, so they'll have about eight of them in a row. And you you go down. It's like you know, like those ducks you have on the on the wall <laughs> in your in your kitchen. But it's, well, they're vaginas. But I, I I used to loiter around that section and wait for people to come past, and then I'd pretend I knew them. Oh look, it's Cindy. Oh look, <laughs> it's it's Jenny. Ah, oh, Taylor's here. Anyway, All let's right, Let, oh, let's go. Time for another week that was. Let's start with MG's tattoos. We went on the kangaroo tour in 1990 with the Australian team. Twelve of us went out one night. Got Ruse 90 tattooed on our bums, and <laughs> about five or six of the players tried to rub them off with detergent. You can't rub a tattoo off with detergent, you idiot. Have you got one you do regret? Well, there's one on my oh. bum that. Of, of Gus Wallen. Jeez, your bum I must take hours of reading at the end of a day. Your bum's like the Rosetta Stone. The Magna Carta. You need a bookmark. Right down, down your ass crack. I'm going to put a bookmark in there. I'll read the second buttock tomorrow. There were some hygiene issues at a Sydney chicken shop. On the one hand, I love chicken. On the other hand, I really like restaurant hygiene. <laughs> and I, I like the two working in tandem. Now, I admit the photos don't look good, but I also admit the photos are making me hungry. But was it worse than this? I hear a noise coming from the bathroom. There, sitting on a cubicle with the door opened, is the chef <laughs> shelling peas. What? What did I order last night? Please tell me it wasn't the pie floater. Please tell me it wasn't pea soup. What the hell is that? With school starting back this week, we reminisced about dodgy school excursions back in the day. We went to Carlton United Brewery. Um, <laughs> hey, how old were you? Grade four, so... <laughs> uh, um, milk processing plant. A milk processing plant. Pinch yourself. That's a great day out. How'd you go? 
Well, I'm lactose intolerant, so I'm not <laughs> They took us to an abattoir. <laughs> wow. Come home covered in blood. How was school yeah. today? I saw a cow being killed and I'm now a vegetarian. Well, I was in uh, Canberra and then we came up to Sydney. They had a stay at the dodgiest hotel in the heart of King's Cross. Oh, so yeah. 2014 and 15 year olds just roaming the streets. Um, <laughs> All right, kids, but... be back before dark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sticklers for the rules in those days. We were taken all the way to Brookwood Cemetery. <laughs> oh, wow. I think we have a winner. Yeah. With the passing of Laverne and Shirley star Cindy Williams, we reminisce about your favourite TV shows. Remember the show I Dream of Jeannie? There's a show you wouldn't get up today. No. Why? Oh, no. Astronaut keeps a hot chick in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. And she does stuff whatever he yeah, wants. Every wish. <laughs> well, he goes out and has some fun. Do you know, growing up, we started our own A-team. We had an Irvan, and we'd do something like steal a bird bath out of someone's front yard. <laughs> And as we drove off, you'd hear that, la, da, 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 da. <laughs> and you knew you'd meet A-teamed. And we'd, we'd leave him a note saying it's down the beach. You can go and re- retrieve it. Woman on TikTok wants an adults-only suburb. MG had a different approach. Can I have a suburb that has no TikTok in it? That'd be nice. Whoa. How about that? Yeah, hey, hey. What, no social media, no phone? None, none. What are we going to do? We're going to play touch football on the road. We're going to play cricket right, in the gonna, street. Yeah, we'll do. We'll make a billy cart. Oh, yes. Imagine that. What we'll do is we'll steal the trolley from the shopping centre and take the wheels off and put that on the billy cart. Oh, uh, that's too far. That's too far. I thought there were no kids in this suburb. That's <laughs> just us. And we were devastated to hear the Vagina Museum was closing down. It was previously shut once a week every month anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh. You need a machete to get through the 1986. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even talk about 1970s. 70s, good lord. That could take your eye out. That'd be a great school excursion. <laughs> That's, of course, a lot of men don't know what to do with that museum. <laughs> you know what? There's also a giant dick museum. That's in Canberra. It's called Parliament House. <laughs> a couple of great mates joined the show. Glenn Robbins told us about facing a ball from Shane Warne. In the air, you can hear ripping through the air, I started laughing because I knew it could do one of ten things. Up, down, <laughs> left, right, all over. And you're just going, oh, this is like a magic trick. I leant forward, I closed my eyes, and I swung the bat, and I hit it, and I heard Shane Warne go, shot, Glenny. So, you know, <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, you know, and I went on to win the Ashes for Australia, and uh, the rest is history. Sam Pang told us about what it's like working with Mick. It's like working with the Weinstein brothers. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. There's allegedly. no allegedly There's no about no it. Allegedly. They in jail, those two. Embezzlement's a strong word, MG, but anyway. If you, if you can't get one off in a pot plant, I don't at the office. I don't know what it is. And finally, Mick and MG revealed what reality shows they were asked to do. Celebrity Survivor. You'd be good on that. Yeah, I, I know, but at the time, I was an ambassador for Advanced Hair Studios. Every time I'd go out, I'd put a little bit of dark powder in my hand to make my hair look thicker. And the first thing I thought about was being in the jungle, coming out of the water, and then seeing the donut in the back of my head, or the Devon. So basically, I turned down Celebrity Survivor because I didn't want to see my fry tuck in the back of my head. <laughs> celebrity Overhaul, where they get you in and beat you into shape and you have to, like, lose weight. I said, wow, thanks for the call. Thanks for thinking of me. How long is this series? They said, eight weeks. I said, you won't even touch the sides you idiots. <laughs>
That was the week that was on Mick and MG in the morning. Well done, everyone.